let's dig into our message this morning. Guys, having a biblical worldview is so essential. Us seeing that God is the creator of the universe and the creator of us is so important, and it does more than just encourages us to understand our value, but it also, it also provides us meaning. It also provides us purpose. There is a reason that God created humanity. We have purpose, and that purpose we find in Genesis chapter 1. We, we found in these two things, that first we are made in the image of God, and then secondly, that we have been put in charge to work the land. Being made in the image of God means that we are God's representatives. Okay, That doesn't mean that we are God ourselves. That was the sin that Adam and Eve fell into right, in the garden. We are not God, but we are God's representatives to the world. We function as God's representatives towards those who may not realize that they too are made in God's image. Being a representative of God is much like being a diplomatic ambassador. Ambassadors uh, for uh, different nations are legal representatives for that nation. And, And the whole idea of diplomatic immunity is based on the fact that you can't arrest a diplomat, a ambassador, because you can't arrest a whole nation, okay? Um, that's the whole idea of diplomatic immunity. They represent that entire nation to the place that they are. A few years back, Prince William and Kate Milton got married, and they uninvited the Syrian ambassador to their wedding. Why? It wasn't because that person had done something as an individual to, to cause them to take away their invitation, but they were unhappy with the way that Syria was treating its citizens. And so to show the entire nation of, of Syria that they were unhappy with how they were acting, they removed that invitation to that one diplomat. In the same way, we are representatives of God. When we believe that we are created in God's Im- image, and we are recreated through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that should in turn have a profound effect on how we interact with other people and how we carry ourselves in this world. We are Jesus' ambassadors, as we're going to see today. We've been studying through the Gospel of Matthew and Jesus has been teaching us how to live in the kingdom of heaven. He's been teaching us how to live under God's authority. He's been teaching us and showing us how to be salt and light. Last week, we saw that Jesus was so moved with compassion that he sacrificed self for the needy, the hurting, and the lost. And then he's called us to go and to do the same, to sacrifice self to put the needs of others above our own. And today, we're going to see how Jesus sends out us to go into the world, not only to be his representatives to the world, but also to make disciples of him from those who are lost in our community and around the world. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to the book of Matthew, we're going to be in chapters 9 and 10. And if you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back table. We'd love to give you one as a gift from us. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, if you're looking for it. It's kind of closer to the back than it is the front, but uh, not quite in the middle. Matthew, first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 9 and chapter 10 is where we're going to be. We're going to start there in verse 37 when you get there. 
read along with me. We'll have it on the screen as well. We saw these verses last week, but let's look at them again. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Let's pause there for just a moment. So Jesus says, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Hey guys, (laughs) I'm sending you. (laughs) The 12 I'm going to be sending. Jesus has been discipling these guys for quite a while now. (coughs) Excuse me. He has been pouring into them. He has been showing them for the last many months and years. He has been equipping them to, for this very moment, that he is going to send them out to go and make disciples. Jesus was making them into disciples to send them out to go and make disciples. In fact, Jesus, when he invited many of them to come follow him, he told them this is exactly what he was going to do. He said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And now Jesus is fulfilling that promise to them. This was Jesus' plan from day one. And since that day, Jesus has been building and equipping uh, these men for this very purpose. He has been building relationships with them, spending time with them, and showing them. They had been with Jesus. They had watched Jesus heal the sick. They had watched Jesus cast out demons. They had heard Jesus preach the good news about the kingdom of heaven. And now they are being sent by Jesus out to do the same. But for now, Jesus was only going to send them on a short trip. Jesus was entrusting them with just a little ministry to prepare them for the much larger ministry that he one day would send them on. The small ministry would be to a localized area to a short for a short time so that when Jesus was no longer with them, he could send them not just on a short trip, but on a trip for the rest of their lives, a ministry that wouldn't just be limited to a a small area and to a small group, but he could send them to a ministry that would be to the whole world, to the very ends of the earth. This small trip, this small mission, this small ministry was going to prepare them for the larger one to come. The harvest was plentiful, but the workers were few. And Jesus is sending out some more workers. He has been pouring into Peter and Andrew and James and John and all the rest of them and preparing them for a time just as this, for them to go out and to begin to bring in a harvest of the gospel. Their ministry was going to be limited at this time to only people who were Jewish, only to the Israelite community. And then even smaller than that, to only Israelites who were in a a specific region of Galilee, a very small area. These 12 guys, they had seen the example of Jesus, and now Jesus is going to send them with authority. He gives them the authority to cast out demons and to heal sickness and to preach the good news of the kingdom of heaven that it is near. Their ministry for now is going to be limited. But when the kingdom of heaven will finally come, and be fully established on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, these same men will be sent not just to Galilee, 
not just to Israel, but even to the ends of the earth. This small responsibility would prepare them for a large responsibility that he would give them later. Look at verse 5 of Matthew 10. It says, These twelve Jesus sent out with the, the, uh, excuse me, with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter to a town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those from leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, and freely you are to give. So Jesus was preparing these 12 men to send them out on this ministry, but this ministry is going to be limited only to Israel, only to Israelites. Now, unfortunately, what we see through the rest of the, the book of Matthew and in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what we see, unfortunately, is that many in Israel, including the religious leaders, they reject not only the ministry of Jesus, but they end up rejecting Jesus himself as the Messiah. But God takes the stone that was rejected and makes him the chief cornerstone. Jesus sends out these 12 with the authority to heal sick, to cast out demons, and with this message that the kingdom of heaven was near. This would be a short in time and distance trip. Jesus would tell them not to take any extra money, not to take any extra clothes, uh, because their, their ministry was going to be limited to this short trip. They were only to go to Israelites in Galilee. And they were only to go to Israelites in Galilee who were open to the gospel. If they were closed off to the gospel, they were to knock the dust off their feet <clears throat> and to keep moving. Jesus <clears throat> doesn't want them to be overwhelmed. He's giving them this little responsibility to prepare them for a much larger one. Jesus will give them a way to quickly tell whether or not the people that they are interacting with are open to the gospel or not. He tells them not to waste a lot of time looking for the best accommodations in town. He, doesn't, he tells them not to go into a town and say, well, let me see what you got over here. How am I going to stay here? Oh, well, let me see if this is better over there. He says, no, go to the first place that you come to. If they welcome you, stay there and then get to work. Don't go anywhere else. Stay at that person's house and then, then get to work with the ministry that I've given you. If they don't welcome you, then, then knock the dust off your feet and go move on. So your time is limited, and you need to make the most of it. So go to the first home that welcomes you, and then get busy with your ministry. It started there in this small area, the small ministry, because soon Jesus would be sending them to a much larger ministry. And they would face persecution and suffering for simply sharing the good news of Jesus. In fact, most of these 12 guys will end up giving their life simply for proclaiming the good news of Jesus. But we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. This is what Jesus called these men to. He said, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And Jesus had been training and preparing these guys and now he's sending them out locally because soon he will send them out to the ends of the earth. Now, after Jesus' death and before his ascension, after his resurrection, 
he is getting ready to depart from these 12 guys, and he gives them a command that I want us to look at this morning. He gives them a commission, because it's not only for these 12 guys, but it's also a commission for you and me. And we find these at the very end of Matthew. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I want you to notice here, we'll talk about this more, but I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't say, all authority has been given to you, right? He says, no, all authority has been given to me. Jesus has all authority. We don't have all authority, but Jesus has all authority. And with all authority given to him, he is then sending us. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And he says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we see that the ministry and the message are very similar to what Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 10. Only the people and the area is expanding, right? Before it was just a small localized area, and now Jesus is going to send them to all nations. He's sending them everywhere. Jesus, with all authority, Paul tells us in Colossians that the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, where thrones and powers or rulers and authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. With all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus is sending them out. So what does he send us out to do? He sends us to make disciples. Paul tells us that we have been reconciled to God through Jesus and then also given this ministry of reconciliation. So let's define some terms here because I think this might help us to understand a little bit more of what Jesus is sending us out to do. Let's define what it means to be a disciple, a disciple of Jesus, right? A disciple of Jesus is one who first follows Jesus, okay? A disciple has surrendered themselves, their whole lives, to Jesus, not only as their Savior, but also as their Lord. A disciple is one who says, I know that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and he is my authority of my life. A disciple is one who has repented of their sins and has met Jesus in baptism. A disciple follows Jesus, but a disciple of Jesus also is being changed by Jesus. Jesus said that we will know a tree by its fruit. Did Jesus mean perfect fruit? No. He meant growing fruit. Not perfect fruit, but growing fruit. As we spend time following Jesus, Jesus will change us. We, we call that sanctification. It's the work that the Holy Spirit and Jesus do in and through us. They change us. So if we are a disciple, we are following Jesus, we are being changed by Jesus, and lastly, we are sent by Jesus. That's how we define what a disciple is. Someone who is sent by Jesus because they follow Jesus and are being changed by Jesus. 
Jesus then sends them. With all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus sends us to go and to make disciples. And a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, who's changed by Jesus, and who's sent by Jesus. We need to remember what Jim Putman has said. God is not dependent on our perfection to win someone that he is working on, nor is he dependent on us to disciple someone perfectly. That's where we go wrong. So often we forget that the people that we are discipling are not our disciples. They're Jesus' disciple. He will never quit working on them. So with all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus sends us to go out and to make disciples of all nations. So what does all nations mean? What, What does Jesus mean when he says all nations? Well, in Matthew 10, Jesus was limiting right, their ministry to only Israelites, only Israelites in Galilee, only Israelites in Galilee who were open to the gospel, right? But now Jesus is opening up the taps. He is, he is spreading. He is, he's making that wide, that call to all nations. And in fact, these 12 guys, 11 at this point, because if we know the story, Judas betrayed Jesus, wasn't with them anymore. The 11, they didn't fully understand that Jesus really meant all nations, <laughs> And in fact, it won't be later until the book of Acts when when God has to show Peter through Cornelius and his household who were the first people who were not Israelites, who were not Jews, to respond to who Jesus was, that when Jesus said all nations, he really meant all nations. He meant everyone. When Jesus said, I am sending you to all nations, he was sending him to everyone. And when Jesus said everyone, he meant anyone, no matter who they were, no matter what race they were, no matter what color of skin they were, no matter what background they had, no matter if they were rich or poor, he was sending them to make disciples of everyone. Everyone could now come and be reconciled to God through Jesus, no matter who they were. Luke tells us that Jesus was going to send them first to Jerusalem, and then to Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So with all authority in heaven and earth, Jesus is commissioning these guys. He is sending these guys to go and make disciples, The disciple is someone who follows Jesus, who's being changed by Jesus, who's sent by Jesus, to all nations, to everyone. And when Jesus says everyone, he means anyone, all races, all colors, all nationalities, rich, poor, everyone in between. Everyone means anyone, and anyone means you. With all authority, Jesus sends us to go and to make disciples of Jesus, of everyone. But then he also tells us how to do that. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. Jesus sends us to make disciples of everyone by baptizing them. I want you to notice what Jesus doesn't say here. Jesus doesn't say, go and make disciples of all nations by bringing them to church. Now, if somebody becomes a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, they're going to be a part of church, right? We're we're going to need to be connected to one another, right? That's going to be a natural process of, of how we follow Jesus because we need each other. We are better together. We say that all the time, right? But Jesus doesn't say, go and make disciples by inviting them to come to church, He doesn't say, 
go and make disciples by having your pastor or your preacher baptize them. You see, this commission isn't just for me. It's for each and every one of us. Because if you are a disciple of Jesus, you are one that's following Jesus, you are one that's being changed by Jesus, and you are being sent by Jesus. Each and every one of us. Jesus is commanding you to go and to make disciples by baptizing them. That's all of our jobs. It's all of our jobs to baptize other people, to make disciples of other people. He commands us to go and to make disciples, each one of us to go and to reach others. In fact, that's one of our goals as a church, each one to reach one. We want each and every one of us to go out and to build authentic relationships with somebody else and reach at least one other person at a time. And we do that by building relationships with others and communicating the gospel of Jesus with them. But friends, we aren't to leave them just in the waters of baptism. Discipleship doesn't stop there, okay? What else does Jesus tell us there in Matthew 28? It says, baptize them and what? Teach them. Teach them to obey Jesus. Jesus says, teach them to obey some of what he taught. Is that what he said? No, he didn't say that. He said, teach them to obey the commandments they feel like doing. (laughs) No, that's not what he said either. He said, go and teach them to obey the commands that fit into their concept of what truth is and isn't. No, that's not what he says either, is it? He says, go and teach them to obey all of my commands, even the hard commands even the difficult commands that are difficult for us to talk about and even more difficult for us to follow, even those. Jesus says, go and baptize them and teach them to obey all that I have commanded them, even the hard and difficult commands. Jesus doesn't promise us here that it's going to be easy or that we're going to be without suffering. In fact, next week we're going to spend all next week talking about how Jesus actually promises us that if we are going and making disciples of him, that we will actually suffer. He promises us that. He doesn't promise us that it'll be easy, that it will be, uh, it will be without suffering. In fact, he promises us that we will suffer. But what he does promise us here is that he will be with us, even to the very ends of the age. He promises to be with us always. And then, as we said, a disciple is not only someone who follows Jesus, who's being changed by Jesus, but a disciple is one who's being sent to go out. A disciple of Jesus is one who is following Jesus, who's being changed by Jesus, and one who is being sent by Jesus. Jesus, with all authority in heaven and on earth, is sending us to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. Okay, Thomas, we get it. You beat it on the head, we get it. But where do we start? Where do I start? Where do we as a church start? Let's look at what Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I've referenced these verses already, but let's look at them again. He says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, 
and even to the ends of the earth. Jesus tells them that they are going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem. Now, what was Jerusalem for these guys? That's that's where they were. That was their home base. Uh, They had stayed there in the upper room after Jesus had ascended up into heaven. They had stayed in the upper room, and they were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit to come on the day of Pentecost. And that all happened there in Jerusalem. And so they were to start where they were. Now, where was Judea for them? Well, Judea was the region, the kind of larger area that Jerusalem was in. Kind of, for us, it would be kind of like eastern North Carolina, right? So if, if Jerusalem was their home base, Washington would kind of be our home base. Eastern North Carolina would be kind of like our, our, uh, our Judea. And, and then what about Samaria? Remember back in Matthew 10, he told them not to go into Samaria, right? Because at that point, their ministry was, was limited, was localized. But now he's sending them even to Samaria. That would have been the areas around there that were a little bit further out. And then he says, even to the ends of the earth. And then what we see in the rest of the book of Acts is them carrying out this one verse. (laughs) What we see is them being Jesus' witnesses, first in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then even in Samaria, and then even to people who weren't Jewish, like Cornelius and so many others, and them carrying the gospel to the ends of the known world at that time. They lived out this verse. So what would that look like for us? Well, I believe our Jerusalem, for many of us, is right here in Washington. Now, maybe you think, man, you know what? There's a lot of churches in Washington. We don't, we don't need to go and reach people in Washington. Well, let me tell you, the numbers have, have gotten kind of worse since we started. When we started Journey Church almost four years ago, 65% of Washington was lost. 65% of Washington was far from Jesus. About two weeks ago, I got the updated numbers. It's now at 70%. 70% of our Jerusalem is far from Jesus. Seven out of 10 of your coworkers are lost. Seven out of 10 of your neighbors, your friends, your family, of the people that live around you don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's not Africa. That's not China. That's right here in Beaufort County. Our Jerusalem has a great need. Washington is without Jesus. And friends, your coworkers and your family and your neighbors and your friends and your classmates, they need you to carry out the mission that Jesus has given us. They need you to go and to make disciples of them. They need you to baptize other people. They need you to teach them to obey and to follow Jesus. They need you, church. They need us to go and to share the good news of Jesus with them. Because, friends, we aren't promised tomorrow or even the rest of the day. So we need to start today. We need to share with them the good news of Jesus. And I think if we look at how we say it here at Journey Church, I think it may help us see kind of clearly some steps that we can take to share the good news. So here at Journey Church, we say it like this. We say that our journey is helping everyone. And when we say everyone, like Jesus, we mean anyone. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what color skin you are, no matter where you grew up, where you didn't grow up, everyone. We want to help everyone discover their relationship with Jesus. 
And we do that by all of us, not just some of us, not just one of us, but all of us going out and building authentic relationships with the lost in our community and around the world to communicate the gospel of Jesus with them. Relationships is key to us making disciples. That's how Jesus made disciples. He went and he built authentic relationships with others, but he didn't just have a social relationship with them. He also taught them the truth about who God is. We need to go and build authentic relationships with our community and our world so that we can help everyone. And when we say everyone, we mean anyone. Discover their relationship with Jesus by building authentic relationships with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers, with our classmates, with our neighbors. Because we are building those authentic relationships with them, we're going to be praying for them. Guys, if you love someone, if you care for someone, and if you have an authentic relationship with them, you're going to love them, you're going to care for them, you better be praying for them. If you aren't praying for the people that you love and care for, then do you really love and care for them? Friends, we need to be praying for these people. We need to be praying that God would open up their hearts and their minds to see their need for him. And that God would give you the words and give you the courage and give you the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with them. And that God would give you the opportunity to baptize them and to teach them to follow Jesus and obey him. We need to follow Jesus's example. We need to disciple them as Jesus did. We need to spend time with them. We need to show them. Notice I said show, not just teach. We need to show them how to obey all of his commands. There's a phrase that I've heard quite a bit recently talking about parenting, but I think it applies here too, that more is caught than is taught. More is caught than is taught. Friends, we need to show and teach people how to obey all of Jesus' commands. We need to teach them all of Jesus' commands. We need to teach them how to study the Bible. We need to teach them how to pray. We need to show them how to serve and how to give. We need to equip them then to also go and share the gospel with the lost. We need to then send them because a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, who's changed by Jesus, and who's sent by Jesus. Friends, we also need to remember that we, we can't do God's part in discipleship. He is the one with all authority in heaven and on earth. He is the one who changes people. He is the one who saves people. He is the one who calls people. We can't do any of those things. We also can't do their part. We can't force anyone to change. We can't force anyone to accept Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord. We can't do any of that. We can't do their part. All we can do is our part, but we need to do our part. Our part is loving other people, is building authentic relationships with them. Our part is communicating the good news of Jesus with them when God opens up those opportunities. For us to do. A great way for us to communicate the gospel, and I've shared a couple of different ways, but I'll I'll share another one this morning, is just simply walking them through the book of Romans. And in fact, on the back table, we have these little cards. 
You'll see them, it says, sharing the gospel. And then on the back of those, we list out these verses in Romans. And I keep one of these in my Bible. And so like when I'm talking with people, and because I, I can't remember all these verses off the top of my head. I don't know about you. Maybe you can. Um, but I have this just kind of as a reference. And we have them up here on the screen. I think uh, we'll put those up there. But uh, pick up one of these cards. Pick up a couple of these cards and use them as a reference. As these people that you're building relationships with and you're trying to share the gospel with, maybe just walk them through the book of Romans and you can start there in Romans 3.23 and remind them and show them, maybe teach them for the first time that we all are sinners. Each and every one of us, all of us have sinned. Not just some of us, but every one of us. Me, you, him, her, all of us. We've all sinned. And the payment of those sins we find in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. What we have earned because of our sin is death. That's what your paychecks should say from God. Death. It's what we've earned. It's what sin pays out. It pays out death. But in that verse, we also get hope because we see here that not only does sin pay out death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And God has done that because he's shown us his love for us. We find that in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrated his own love for us. And while we were his enemies, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He took on our payment. He took our paychecks from God that we've earned with sin on himself, even though he didn't deserve that. And then Romans 10 tells us that when we believe and when we confess or acknowledge with our lips, declare that Jesus is Lord, we will be justified. Romans chapter 6 tells us that when we meet Jesus in baptism, we die to our sins and die to ourselves, and we are raised, we are made new through the resurrection of Jesus in baptism. And we are made new to live now according to the Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. So maybe you just walk somebody through these verses in Romans. Maybe you just share your story with them. Maybe you share the bad news and the good news. There are so many different ways that we can communicate the gospel, but it's important for us not only to, to know and find a way that, that works well for us, but it's also important for us to communicate in a way that will be effective to the person that we're talking to. And we're only going to know how to do that when we've built a relationship with them. But let's go and let's share and communicate the gospel of Jesus with them. Find a way that works for you. Maybe it's sharing your story. Maybe it's walking through the, 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 these verses in Romans. But friends, you're not going to be good at it the first time that you share your story <laughs> or the first time you share the gospel. So practice. Maybe you say to your spouse, hey, can, I, can we just sit down and I can just kind of share my story and say it out loud and in front of you? Maybe you go to your life group and say, hey, uh, guys, before we get started tonight, do you mind if I just share my testimony with you tonight? Um, or do you mind if I, if I just kind of share the gospel with you guys uh, to kind of practice and get your feedback? Uh, share it in a safe place so that you can get practice sharing your testimony or sharing the gospel. Friends, we can't do God's part. We can't do the other, other person's part. We can don't only do our part. But let's do our part to the best of our ability. So let's practice. Let's also remember that God is not dependent on our perfection to win somebody, nor is he dependent on us to disciple someone perfectly. God just needs our faithfulness to faithfully go out and make disciples. 
of Jesus. The harvest is plentiful. Right here in our Jerusalem, the harvest is plentiful. And Jesus is sending you and me to go and to work the harvest. So let's go. And let's help everyone discover their relationship with Jesus by baptizing them and teaching them to obey all of his commands. So friends, who do you need to start reaching this week? Who do you need to start or continue to build a relationship with this week? And who do you need to share the good news of Jesus with this week? Friends, maybe for you today, maybe you need to come and respond to the good news, the gospel for the first time. I'm going to be out in the lobby. I'd love to talk with you today. If you're ready to come and die to your sins and self and come and be raised through baptism by meeting Jesus in it. Come and talk today. Let's go. With this commission that Jesus has given us, let's go. And let's start right here in Washington. And let's make disciples of Jesus of all nations. Let's be witnesses for Jesus in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and at work, at school, and in our community, and around the world. We pray with me? Father, we are humbled that you have decided to use us <laughs> to be your, your witnesses, your ambassadors, your representatives to the lost that are around us at work, at home, in our neighborhoods, in our community, and around the world. Father, we know that we can't do your part. We know that we can't do the other person's part. We can only do our part. But Father, help us to do our part. Help us to go and build relationships with people who are far from you. And when you open up opportunities for us to share the gospel, the good news with them, help us to be ready to share how you have changed our life through your son, Jesus. Help us to share how we have been reconciled to you. Father, we thank you that you have entrusted us with this ministry of reconciliation. Father, give us words, give us courage, give us opportunity to make you known at work, at home, at school, and around Washington, and around Beaufort County, and even to the ends of the earth. Help us to go and make disciples of you. People who follow you, people who are changed by you, and people who in turn are sent by you. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We ask all of this in his name. Amen.